What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 4, with a spotlight on York College. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast, 17 County Podcast. Doing this helps grow our podcast, and so we appreciate the help from our listeners. We'd like to take the time to thank our members, um, members and investors. Without these great members, uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at York County Development. Um, so we'd like to thank members such as uh, York Community Title, um, Corteva, AgriScience, and Cornerstone Bank, as well as with a lot of other members. Um, if you're interested in becoming a member or interested who our members are, you can check out our membership directory, um, and that's at yorkdevco.com. That's yorkdevco.com. And so we'll get into the interview. My guest today comes from North Bend, Nebraska. Uh, this, this small town never stopped our guests from dreaming big. Uh, she has a passion for education and a passion for agriculture. Uh, Dr. Turnbull currently serves as an assistant professor of agribusiness and is an advisor for the Professional Business Leaders, PBL, and the York College uh, professional STEM club. And so today I welcome D- Dr. Stacy Turnbull to the show. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks morning. for having me. So um, while on a walk through Beaver Creek trails, you stumble upon a time machine. On it is a note saying there is enough juice for you to go somewhere and come back um, for any time period. Um, what would be a time period you choose and why? I am a Doctor Who fan. So I want to say Anything is good because every Doctor Who leads to a, um, a good adventure. But if I got to narrow down time, I'm going to say about the 1950s. Um, I adore my grandparents who have now passed, but I'd love to see them when they were young and, and uh, hear some of, kind of see out some of those stories, how they played out. What would be some like maybe activities or would you or some things that you would want to do with them as kid, or see what they would be doing or something like that? What, what would be some of those things? You know, my grandma talked a lot about the, um, the small town dances, you know, okay. they go to the auditorium and they go dancing. And uh, as I grew up in smaller towns, North Bend, Snyder, uh, Scrivener area, there was uh, a lot of street dances. And um, my kids don't experience that very much anymore. You just don't see them happen near as much. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So you, you mentioned it growing up uh, in that North Bend area. So talk to me about what it was like growing up there in North Bend. Uh, if you ask my kids, they'll say I was kind of a nerd there. Um, uh, they're maybe not the best representation, but I was, uh, went to, lived in North Bend in town for a long time. And on the edge of town, we had sheep. And so we'd put our buckets of feed on the handlebars and we'd ride our bikes down to the edge of town and feed our sheep uh, every day. Um, and then we moved to Beatrice, Nebraska for a few years and then back to North Bend. So that's where I graduated from. And while I was at North Bend, uh, the high school, I was heavily involved in FFA, uh, things like the speech team, the school newspaper. Those were kind of my things. Sports, not so much, but uh, enjoyed that other stuff. Um, what did your parents do? Did you have any siblings? Talk to me a little bit about your family there in North Bend. Yeah, I have uh, three siblings. So I have two brothers and one sister. Um, and of, let's see, of the four of us, three of us still live here in Nebraska. and One lives over in Minneapolis. 
my dad uh, was a feed salesman for most of his career, career, so livestock feed. And my mom was a nurse at a number of local nursing homes. And she just loved working at the nursing home. Definitely. Yeah. Um, did you ever get to go up there and hang out at the nursing homes or anything like that uh, back then? Oh, yeah. Enjoy it was any- our job. Our job, and the same with my uh, my kids, their job was to go up there and paint fingernails and rub lotion on old ladies' hands. <laughs> so um, what drew you to the university? Um, as you were coming upon graduation, was it always going to be the University of Nebraska? I guess growing up as a Nebraska kid, sometimes that's what we assume, but um, what was it for you? Yeah, you know, I don't know if I knew there was another college in Nebraska. It was... <laughs> um, <laughs> All of my family that went to college, they all went to UNL. That was, that was the place. And so, um, yeah, I knew they had a football team. Um, and I really, I didn't even look anywhere else. And I honestly, I look back and think, I don't even know if I knew there was another school um, anywhere in the state of Nebraska. So, yeah, I loved my time there. Uh, my husband also went to school there. His parents went to school there. So far, of my three kids that have graduated high school, nobody's gone to UNL. So I don't know who will continue that. But we loved UNL. <laughs> Definitely. So how did you arrive upon your a major there at UNL? Did you bounce around like uh, some college students or did you land somewhere and keep going? No, I pretty much landed and kept going. Um, FFA in high school was, uh, was really where I was introduced to agriculture. And I say that knowing that both of my, on both sides of the family, farming was huge. Um, so ag was all around me. But when I got into FFA, I realized that agriculture wasn't just the farm. It was so much more. It was business. It was communication. It was floriculture. It was uh, food processing. It was all this stuff. And it, uh, it sounds kind of dumb, but I was just blown away by how huge agriculture was. And so as a senior in high school, I decided that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that everybody else understood how amazing and how incredible and how far reaching agriculture was. So I never looked back once I went into ag ed and I cannot imagine doing anything else. So ag ed major was pretty small, um, a small group. And when I was a freshman, um, there was uh, another couple of students that worked, that we all worked together and we started the Ag Ed Club. And as far as I know, it's still going. Um, So it was a club just for Ag Ed majors. And um, then throughout that time, you could, there were still opportunities to be involved in helping judge FFA events as a college student, um, helping to put on those events and those sorts of things. So you really, UNL did a good job of getting us out into the classroom um, early on and making sure we understood uh, what it was like to be an ag teacher. And so you were like set on being an ag teacher. Were there any other avenues that you possibly could have gone down or? No, a lot of my classmates, ag sales is where a lot of folks ended up. Um, That paid better than teaching. Uh, So a lot of my, a lot of my classmates went that route, but um, I looked into, I think I was, uh, for about a year, I was in a ag journalism and ag ed major, but um, I knew I wanted to teach. That's what I wanted to do. So you, you knew you wanted to teach. How did you come upon your first um, job there at Scribner? Um, no, well, they were kind of rivals, uh, you know, from us growing up in North Bend. So, but my husband took a great job in at Hogemeyer Hybrids, which um, probably not a lot of people have heard of, but uh, it's a small uh, regional seed company. And that's where he got his start. Uh, so that's what took me to Scribner, but it was a great, I couldn't have picked a better spot to get started. Uh, very supportive community, um, really welcomed me with open arms, and I learned a lot. What were some of those things, you, some of those big learning lessons in year one? Uh, learning lessons, um, 
asking the community for help and accepting their help, um, you know, whether it be, uh, man, I learned how to butcher uh, cattle and hogs with a bunch of high school students and nothing, that was totally out of my wheelhouse and it was the most fun I've ever had. Um, but it was community members that stepped in and they helped our chapter. Uh, we'd butcher several hogs um, off school grounds. We'd butcher several hogs and then we'd serve that meat as part of an FFA event. And what a learning experience for the students, but I couldn't have done that on my own. That took a, that takes a village. Folks who know how to do the butchering, uh, people who have the facilities for it um, and are willing to step in and, and hang out with those kids all day long. So a lot of that, welding is not something, I'm, a, I'm an awesome welder now, but I didn't start out as an awesome welder. Um, so things like that are having to, you know, having that community member that you could call and say, I am out of my, I'm out of my realm here. Can you give me a hand? And uh, well, woodworking is another area that, um, this is more up in South Dakota, but I had a great community member who came in and gave evening lessons in my ag shop, which also let me learn more about woodworking and become a better woodworker. So all those things, using the talents that are in the community, because you've got a lot of talented people in any community. Definitely great. Yeah, take, take advantage of those resources while they're there instead of trying yep. to flounder by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so were there any other kind of fond memories that you had from their, your time there up in Scribner, um, whether personal or professional or um, anything like that? Boy, there are lots of good memories. My daughter was, was born in there and that was, my folks still lived in that area. So it was really great to be able to, um, you know, to spend that time with my family. Um, Clint moved, uh, my husband Clint was originally from York. And so uh, if you live in York, you think of York as a small town, but <laughs> if you grew up in North Bend or, you know, Snyder, Scrivener, York's a big town. And so uh, when we moved there, Clint got to get a lot more involved in agriculture, learn more about the small town. And uh, so we made a lot of really good, long lasting friendships there in Scribner. Mm -hmm. had, had an awesome congregation, a church that we were involved in. And so it was really a great place. It was a hard one to leave. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned leaving there. How did you um, end up you know, choosing Iowa State for your master's program? Um, and then talk about that transition, that move there. Uh, a common theme throughout my life tends to be following my husband around. Uh, he decided he was, I was taking some graduate classes at UNL during this time. And so I was already on the path of wanting to go to graduate school. And uh, Tom Hogemeyer uh, had encouraged him, you know, saw that he was excited about the research and so encouraged him to go on to graduate school. And uh, I was sick the weekend Clint visited Iowa State. So I can't even say I visited it and fell in love with it. I just showed up, <laughs> Yep. but I was able to get an assistantship. I got into graduate school there also at the same time Clint was there. Um, we went, we were probably 25 when we went down to back to school and uh, we were the old people there at that point in time at, you know, 25, 26. Uh, we had a daughter in, in tow. Uh, my oldest daughter was three years old at that time. Um, and so we went in the middle of a snowstorm, much like today, drove to Ames with a stock trailer full of furniture and moved from a nice farm place to a little bitty apartment, but it was an awesome experience. We got to know people from around the world um, and you know, talk about broadening your perspectives. It was just incredible. How long were you up there for? Probably six years. Um, during the time that we were there, um, Clint decided to uh, enlist in the National Guard and then 
he got deployed while we were there. So he was deployed for 18 months uh, to Iraq. And so that extended our stay a little bit. We were there for about six years. Uh, I finished my master's degree while I was there. Um, Clint finished his, and then I started on my PhD. And Clint finished his PhD while we were there. Um, we adopted two kids. Clint joined the guard. I mean, all of these really exciting things happened while we were there, uh, there in Ames. And you, it looked like you were pretty involved there with the, in, at the university with like three different research levels or something. Talk to me about what you were doing, maybe a research there in Iowa State and, and everything. Yeah, um, I, I got some fun opportunities there. Um, I was involved with a couple of research journals, uh, which was, was a, a unique experience because I got to see a lot of people's research and really get a good understanding of, of how the research impacts the industry. Uh, I was also able to teach several classes. Um, on the curriculum side, I was working with uh, some folks in animal science that were doing research on irradiated meat, um, which is a, another it's a food safety issue with meat, um, how we make our food safer. And so I was writing up lesson plans um, that were around that research. And so I wasn't doing their research, but I was involved in that research. Um, my master's research focused on um, on what students know and what would they need to learn, um, what they learn through their uh, just normal, what being a part of the world, being a consumer, what do students know about agriculture? Uh, kind of the, my, the goal is with that research was to, um, to help those that are developing curriculum understand what kind of that baseline knowledge is of students. And then my PhD research um, focused on biotechnology education, understanding, um, not only the students' knowledge base, but really more focused on teachers, what teachers understand about biotechnology, uh, what are their concerns about teaching it. So yeah, pretty heavily involved there, yeah, with uh, quite different journals and things like that then, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. We, we both loved it. We were glad to uh, get out of, you know, Ames isn't a huge town, so we were, you know, honestly thrilled to get back to the small town, and you'll see no matter where we go, we always end up back in a small town, um, but it was a great experience getting to know people from um, other countries um, and just learning about their lives is just, you know, for us in Eastern Nebraska, we don't have to worry about not having enough water, right? We've got the Ogallala Aquifer, which is an amazing resource. Um, but then you talk about uh, friends from Saudi Arabia and the only water they're getting is where they have this, uh, the desalinization stations where they're taking the salt out of the water. And so they talk about water rationing on a level that I can't even begin to fathom. Yeah, can't comprehend. Yeah. No idea. So you, um, six years there in Ames, and then you decided, or I guess, I don't know how the story kind of, but you ended up in uh, South Dakota there. How did you end up there in Alcester, South Dakota? Same thing, following Clint around. <laughs> yep, someday yep. I'm going to, someday he, I'm going to make sure he has to follow me, even if it's only to one spot, but uh uh, I followed him. He got a great job with, uh, was then uh, Monsanto, which is now Bayer. Um, he got a, a job as a corn breeder there, and we moved to the small town of Alcester. Um, and after the first year, uh, we were there for about about a year when a position came open. They were looking for an ag teacher. Town of about 900 people, so really a small town. Um, we lived out in the country, a beautiful uh, South Dakota is known for their hunting, fishing, camping, and so we we got to get involved in all that side of things. But we lived in a, a by Newton Hills State Park, so 
right in the middle of hills and trees, all kinds of good stuff. Again, another great spot. Uh, we had um, we had four kids by the time we left Ames, and uh, our youngest, Josephine, was born when we were in South Dakota. Um, but again, another great experience. We were uh, glad to get back to Nebraska, but South Dakota will always have a big part of our heart. How long were you there? You were there for a couple years, or uh, five years, longer? four or five years. So yeah, just just enough time to get familiar with everything, and then pretty much, yeah. So Clint's. Clint's still in the South Dakota Air National Guard, and uh, so uh, he still comes up to South Dakota once a month. Um, I just dropped him off. He's doing a short deployment here, and so he'll go with the South Dakota National Guard. So we still get up here fairly often to visit friends up here. And so then after your four to five, your five years there up in South Dakota, you, you're back at UNL. Um, and so... Um, Talk to me uh, what you did there at UNL and uh, your opportunities there. Well, actually, uh, UNL came from um, came from moving back to York. Um, so my husband's originally from York. He had a chance to, to move back to York, um, which was enticing to us because of family, um, you know, moving back closer to family. And obviously, he had great memories of living in York. So we moved back um, to York, and then UNL was looking for some contracts. Uh, some folks to do uh, biotechnology education to like build curriculum and I went out and was able to visit um, a lot of schools on all corners of Nebraska and do little lessons on biotechnology just trying to help the teachers have the tools they need to be able to teach that technology in the classroom um, but that was while we were living here um, in York it was a nice way to to make my transition back here to York so yeah, had you ever been to York before um, moving here or how did, I guess, what was kind of told to you from your husband about York? What were some of the stories or some of the things that you maybe had perceptions of or had heard of or, you know, tell me about that. Yeah, um, I was actually oddly born in York. Um, so for about three years, my dad managed a hog farm out by Henderson, Nebraska. Um, and so we lived on a farm place outside of Henderson and, um, my mom worked at York general hospital. And so I was born in York, but I moved, I think I was maybe 18 months when we moved. So I have no memory of it. Um, but my parents were members of faith Lutheran church. I was baptized at faith Lutheran here in York. So that was kind of fun to be able to look in the role and, you know, see my name there and my parents name there. It's always kind of fun. Um, Clint talked, his memories of, of York were just like a lot of small towns, you know, riding his bike everywhere. Uh, of course, it was uphill both ways. You know, his parents never drove him anywhere. He had to ride his bike everywhere and walk everywhere. But, you know, ball fields and uh, county fairs, all of those good things. Um, he, he loved growing up here in York. He thought it was a small town. I thought it was a big town. <laughs> it's all about perspective. But um he had some great experiences working for, um, Clint was always wanted to be a farmer. That was his goal. Um, and his dad uh, was the manager of the NRD here in York. And so he was kind of involved in that agriculture or heavily involved in agriculture, but Clint wanted to be a farmer. So he um, worked for several small farmers around the area, Waco area, um, kind of as a farm hand. I don't, he might have been the worst farm hand ever because he grew up in town and didn't know equipment, but uh, he tells stories of um, county fair getting to do the tractor driving contest 
mm-hmm. which now Clint can drive a tractor just fine. At that point in time, he did not know how to drive a tractor. So um, appreciate all those folks on the county fair board that, that made that happen. Clint's parents still live here, and uh, he just had a lot of great stories. He talks a lot about the downtown buildings. Um, you know, as we drive through downtown, he'll say, well, there used to be a bakery here, and there used to be a sporting goods store here, and, you know, point out all of those all of those things, and it's fun to, for him to be able to see those businesses back, not the same business, but those buildings being revitalized and, and back in business. Yeah, it is fun to, you know, kind of hear, you know, what, um, what current businesses, you know, what was there before, you know, that current business was there, and how yeah. different, you know, went from maybe a bakery to a, an insurance office to a barber, you know, or whatever. It's kind of fun, those journeys. Yeah, so changes through time. My kids, we're in the Centennial School District, um, and so um, my, we've only got two kids left at home, and the oldest of the two goes to, is a, a sophomore at Centennial High School, and our youngest is a eighth grader, so in our final year at Emanuel Faith uh, in York. So what the unique thing about this area, I think, is that there's not a bad school around. You have such amazing schools all around York, Seward County. Uh, very incredible. Yeah, there's there's plenty of options. Um, you know, yeah, no matter where you live, if you live in Waco and you want to send them to York or, you know, send them wherever, yeah, um, or, yep. or there or wherever you live. Um, and, and that's so- not that's not something to be taken for granted uh, because uh, so we you know two boys that had some special needs and so we needed we had to be very careful about what their education was or you know we were concerned and so every time we'd move somewhere we spent a lot of time trying to research the schools and figure out what was the best school based on their needs. Um, and not everywhere you go, do you, do you have that many great options that you can't go wrong anywhere? Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, there's really no wrong choice. I mean, wherever you want to send your kids is your connection to your college. How did you, um, so you were contracting a little bit with your college. You were living here in York. Um, did they approach you? Did you approach them? What- uh, they approached me. Uh, I was working with something called the Agronomy Academy. Um, which is a cooperative effort between um, schools and the businesses uh, teaching some classes. And so um, somehow York College had come out, uh, had heard about me. So they came out and watched me do some teaching. And um, I think uh, Kelly Holtis is really the impromptest uh, for York College getting involved in agriculture. Um, what he had told me once is that he, you know, they love the workers or they love the the former students that they had gotten from York College who are now employed there, that you know, we had good ethics, good work, uh, work ethics, good character, all that. Now they needed to know something about agriculture. Um, and a lot of that I tell my students is about that shared language that when we can, you know, if you're a business major, you've got to understand what life is like for a farmer if you're going to talk ag loan with them. Um, so you have to have that, that shared language. And so they were looking to um, add, add some agriculture um, into their courses, ag, uh, particularly the ag business. And so they found me. Um, I think like a lot of people in that you grow up, the place where you grow up is not, uh, I don't know, you don't always see what's right here in your community. And so uh, I asked my husband about memories of York College and he remembers walking through the campus, but knew nothing about about the campus and I think a lot of folks are that way um so it was your college I had never heard of uh before they came knocking but I'm thrilled to be there I really uh, it's a whole different I've always been at the public universities 
um, you know, UNL and Iowa State. And so this is very different, but I, I have really grown to love their love of teaching. You know, the, the folks that are there, they really, they're there because they want to teach and they're passionate about what they teach, which is fun. Yeah, yeah. Your college has a, you know, a phenomenal you know, mission with their, their Christ-centered, you know, education and everything like that. It's, it's a great experience for those um, that choose to come there and, you know, choose to want to embody that experience because they get so much out of that. Uh, the ones um, yeah. that come there and want to participate, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And a lot of times uh, I see students, you know, the, the first semester is tough because, I mean, if you think about it, we're, we got kids coming from Los Angeles to, to York, Nebraska. That's a, that's a culture shock. And, um, or Brenna, you know, uh, Santiago, Chile, you know, Buenos Aires, they're coming here and what a culture shock. That first semester can be kind of rough because they're not used to, we talk about Nebraska nice, right? They're not used to that. <laughs> and it can come off a little bit hard if you're not used to that. Um, yeah. So, but after that first semester, most of them, fall in love with it because they realize not only is your college one big family, but you're recognized, you know, throughout the county as part of your college. And so you've got a really big family here. For certain, for certain. So you mentioned it. Um, some of the students that come to your college are urban, international, um, coastal students, sometimes have not been around agriculture. What are some of those like ag students like that have maybe never been around much agriculture? You know, what What's that kind of like? Um, how's that kind of, I'm sure that's a fun experience getting to kind of expose them to you know, different things. Yeah. And a lot of the class students that I see that, you know, don't come with an ag background, um, they're taking animal science as a general science class, right? So instead of taking chemistry or biology, they're taking animal science. And that gets me so excited because anytime we in agriculture, um, I don't think people, how do I say this? We don't understand how little people know about agriculture. And so, you know, I trust that my neighbor is doing the best thing he can for his land because I know that he has a vested interest and he loves that land. There's that family heritage, um, but it doesn't, in agriculture, we don't mistreat our livestock and our land because we can't afford to and because we love, we love that environment. Um, but if you're not from around agriculture, you don't understand that. So. Ag literacy means that we've got to teach people about agriculture. And uh, I take that really very personally, that that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to teach people about agriculture. So um, the students that are taking animal science, for instance, they may have never, they don't know what a cow looks like. They don't know what a pig looks like, but um, I get to teach them science. I get to teach them about cells and I get to teach them about the needs of the animal, which are very similar to the needs of humans. Um, all through using this pig, this animal that I love and they've never even seen, um, I get to teach them how we get it from birth to bacon on the table. And to me, that's incredibly fulfilling. But uh, what's fun is at the end that they understand that, you know, animals and humans, we both have needs. Um, you know, we both have feelings, we both have emotions that, uh, and the farmers are doing the best that they can for those animals and to put a safe product um, on the table. And that's a lot of fun. Right on. And how many years now have you been at your college now? It's been, what, five, six? You act like I have a good memory. <laughs> and I have none. <laughs> I'm trying to remember it, too, from your LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I kind of have to go to my LinkedIn or my resume. And then I think 15, 16 or is when you started at the college. Okay. I think 15 sounds right. Something like that. So, cool, cool. So you've been, yeah at your college there for about six years now going close five six years um so you know 
what's it, you know, year one to now kind of what's, you know, um, being exposed to that Christ education versus, you know, now you're, um, you know, more exposed to it. Kind of what's your time, you know, been like for that and, you know, gone through that process. So my faith has always been important to me. Uh, you know, grew up in the Lutheran Missouri Synod uh, Church and uh, we are members of faith. We've recently, uh, just because our kids are moving more over to the Utica side, we've switched to St. Paul's Lutheran Church um, in Utica. And so our faith has always been very, uh, very important to us. And the unique thing about York College is that you, um, you're surrounded by that. And, you know, there's a vast percentage of our students who don't come with a Christian background or don't come in with any kind of church background. And so um, York is not pushy. And I love that, that they're not pushing their religion on, but the opportunity to have those discussions, the opportunities to have a prayer. um, And uh, like a good Lutheran, we're pretty quiet about our faith, you know, Uh, and I'm amazed at the students and their ability to be bold and to, you know, to pray without worrying about who else is listening. My faith has been strengthened uh, by being at York College and, um, you know, not everybody leaves York College caring about their faith or, you know, having a strong faith, but it's that exposure. And um, I, what I really hope is that when they leave, they know that Christians and caring go together, that they've felt that care and that warmth from the folks around them. And they equate that to, you know, we do that because of, because that Christ loved us. Um, but it's it's not pushy, and so students are given these opportunities, um, and they make their own decisions. Um, but again, they leave with that family and knowing that family is there. And I still talk to students who have graduated, and I know many of the other faculty do. Um, I will have students who will contact me, whether you know, um, for one student not long ago it was a faith question, um, you know, and I I give a different perspective than than you know maybe the Bible professor. Um, and so they're, you know, they, they know who to seek out for different situations. Um, but I'm still looking at resumes of former students, you know, as they're applying for a new job and they're asking how to do it or those sorts of things, um, which is different than other colleges that I've been in. This is really a, a very caring place. The size of that college yeah, lends to the ability to build that community and have that, those relationships. And as it grows, it's, I mean, you're only going to get different relationships and and it's extremely welcoming you asked about the agriculture you know i had no idea how to make how do you make raisins never popped into my head how do you make raisins right you just eat them but um you know i had a student a couple years ago that was his family grew grapes for raisins and so i learn often i'm learning as much from from them as they are from us um and so yeah i know how to make raisins now um i know that there's God, my kids are so excited to be able to travel the world more now than before we got here because they know that we want to go to Mexico next next uh, Christmas because and we've got a connection there in Mexico. We've got a student that we're going to go visit. Um, you know, we even know if we show up in Chile or Brazil, man, there'll be somebody to take us in. And uh, so that's been great for my kids to see those different perspectives. Uh, when we look at what's going on in the world, it's hard to look at just one side of it when you've seen that many different perspectives. It has always impressed me the size of the network that your college has managed to build, even though how small it it, it, it tends to be, or it looks to be, but it's not. I mean, the network is so big of, of yeah. everything. So cool to, to kind of see. Um, and what amazes me there is how many of those students stick around and they work here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so they see something that is probably different than what than what I see because I've always grown up in small town Nebraska you know most of my life has been living in small towns Midwest um, but they see something very different and very enticing and very exciting that this is where they want to raise a family and and make their life make their homes so that's yeah. amazing yeah, for someone from Los Angeles to come to York and potentially say, you know, this is where I want to live forever is kind of kind of crazy, but it's awesome. I mean, it shows the power of, you know, what community can really do and you know how it can, you know, really impact people. I think what's been your experience here with York so far? You've been here for quite a few years now. Um, you know, what what's been keeping you here in York, you know, outside of employment and everything like that? Talk to me about, you know, your passion for York. Um, I to be honest, about year two into our stay here. Uh, I was ready to move because if you look through my history, you know, it's we're, we move a lot, you know, based on school and stuff, even if it was just moving houses. So about year two, I was getting itchy and I was, I was ready to go someplace else. And um, now, you know, my husband and I no longer talk about, well, maybe we'll go there to retire. We talk about retiring here, you know, and, and this is our home. Um, and what keeps me here, I wrote down three things, um, family, that it's, um, it's just nice to have that family base. Um, and, you know, even though my family doesn't live here and most of Clint's siblings have left the area, this is still kind of that home base for family. Um, and they're all fairly close. Um, our church is really important to us. And that is that sometimes becomes more of our family um, than the folks that we're blood related to. So, uh, again, great churches here. We loved our family at Faith Lutheran. Uh, we're, you know, love our new family at St. Paul's Lutheran. And then um, opportunities. So whether it be work, whether it be school, um, I've done a lot of, and as of my kids, a lot of the SCC community ed classes. You know, there's, there's always something to be learning and this is a great place to learn it. So lots of opportunities, uh, meeting different students, um, taking different classes, learning new things, a lot of opportunities here. So that's what keeps us, I think. No, that's great. It's great that you've been able, I mean, the theme of you traveling around and you'll know, be all, all these small towns, but even as a master's and a doctorate, you've been able to find a career and find opportunities in all these small towns. I mean, um, it, it, it's great to, you know, um, just kind of show people that, you know, there's still are opportunities in this small town, um, no matter how much you perfect, you know, move up in your education level. Um, you just might have to be a little bit more creative um, sometimes yeah. um, with, you know, the opportunities that we have now, um, there are almost no limits as to where you want to um, live and be able to have whatever profession you want with the uh, internet and Zoom and everything. So uh, I think that's awesome that you've been able to still move up professionally, but still be able to have your small town roots that um, you've been able to you know want to enjoy by having raised a family here or raised family in other small towns. So that's that's awesome. Wouldn't have it any other way. So now we'll jump into those rapid fire questions. Um, what's kind of a favorite restaurant that you have here in York County? Something that a place where you take family or a reoccurring place that you all go to? What's what's your favorite restaurant? Well, I got to name two of them and it's going to be uh, Hunter's in Waco. So that's a staple for our family. Uh, and, you know, over COVID, they've done a fantastic job with the, the takeout. Um, and then the other one is La Casina. We are huge fans of La Casina. Yeah, I love I always love going over to Hunter's. It's a fun little atmosphere um, over there in the bar side. Um, and the, yep. the both, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that atmosphere. It's a fun little place. Thoughts on York College getting esports? Um, that's a, a new sport 
emerging sport that's coming to York College. Um, what, are, what have been your initial like reactions to that? Oh, my initial reaction is what? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've already said I'm not a sports person. Uh, my students make fun of me for, you know, it, mixing up what goes with what sport. So I love watching sports. I don't understand it very well. But um, so and, you know, the electronic thing, um, I'm not the greatest with that. But so which comes with the what reaction and I don't even know what to say about now but what I'm excited about is that York is looking to the future and whether I understand it or it's my thing uh, they're looking making changes um, as I sit on curriculum committees and we look at you know okay what are the degrees we probably don't need to have anymore and what are the ones that we should be looking about looking at adding um, so whether it's adding agriculture or esports even though I don't understand the esports, there's a need for it out there. And so I, I appreciate that they're looking that direction and being mindful of it. No, I think it's going to, and some other alumni and teachers have brought it up, it's going to bring a, uh, a different student to your college. And so that's going to be a great, great too. Uh, what's maybe a favorite memory or a series of memories uh, that you've had here in, in York County? Um, I know it sometimes can be tough to pinpoint just one. So what's maybe a couple of favorite memories that you have here in York County? Well, a place initially came to mind when I saw your question, and that's uh, chances are. So um, I obviously don't remember it. My mom uh, went into labor and uh, she didn't feel like she was ready to go uh, to the hospital yet. So she went to chances are. And what my mom remembers of chances are is that huge cinnamon roll. Oh. And so... While in labor, apparently as my dad's freaking out, she's sitting in there eating a large cinnamon roll. And 20 years, 20, 21 years later, I got engaged in cha at Chances Are. Uh, so my husband proposed to me. So when we go in, you know, we all got to look at, point out to the kids, that's the table where I made this decision <laughs> for better or worse. Um, so Chances Are is my, my memory. Definitely, that, that place... Probably, yeah, very important. No, that, that love, very important to a lot of people in this community. Probably a lot of memories of that establishment. Yeah, a lot of birthday parties, anniversaries, you know, all of those cool things uh, happen at Chances Are. Another uh, food question, since we love food here on this podcast. Uh, if you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? Uh, I struggle with that question because my first instinct was to say, I, I'm going to be kale because I don't want anybody to eat me, right? Um, and I'm not a kale fan. Uh, but hot tamales, I don't know what that says about me, but uh, when COVID hit, my daughter made a uh, emergency ration for me, a jar full of hot tamales. When I need to get work done, we pull out the hot tamales. When we're on a big trip and I need to stay awake, yeah, it's slamming the hot tamales. So uh, many of my students know if they walk in and I'm eating hot tamales, they should probably leave my office and <laughs> come back at a calmer time. She's busy. She's got stuff to do. I'll be back. Yeah. So I'm a hot tamale, I guess we'll say. Whatever that means about my personality, that's what I'll take. No, I've, I, I love the responses that I've gotten from this question. It's been, uh, it's been a great question. Uh, what's a favorite county or a local event that you're maybe looking forward to? You're going to York Fest or Song Fest or the County Fair. What's something that you're always looking forward to every year as a, a reoccurring kind of event? As an ag teacher, hands down, I got to say the County Fair. Mm -hmm. um, that is what we look forward to all year round. Uh, we were just talking, my kids are going to start getting their cattle ready here pretty soon. Uh, we're pretty low key. We buy, uh, we don't have superior genetics or anything when it comes to livestock, but 
we sure do have an awful lot of fun raising our livestock. Um, kids are involved in 4-H. We've got a gr fantastic 4-H program here in York County. Um, and big shout out to all of those at the Extension Office. Uh, so we 4-H projects, uh, FFA projects, uh, whether it be um, whatever we're doing, the fair week is everybody takes vacation off. We're, we're there the whole week. Do you, so you bottle feed? Is that what you do? Do you bottle feed calves or what kind of, what do you do? No, we've, we've got a, a very small operation. I'll be clear on that very small operation. So we've got like six cows and, um, we calve at the wrong time of year. So our cows are, our calves are always too small at the county fair. So we're more the blue ribbon type of people, red ribbon type of people, but, um, raise your own cattle. Uh, they've been, my kids have raised them for years. Like my oldest daughter got the first calf and now we're working off, you know, the babies from that calf uh, as the moms. And so, um, and then we uh, usually from a farrowing place, we pick up, um, you know, anywhere depending on the year between six and 20 feeder pigs. And so we take them in. Um, some years we've done chickens, not very often, uh, but we've taken a, you know, a, a, a cat, an old farm cat to the fair. We didn't do very well, but it was an experience. So we got a little bit of everything at the fair. It is really, it's the, um, it's the experience. It is my kids work their tails off and I couldn't be more proud of them. Uh, you know, the, the time that it takes to, to work with those animals, uh, building hay feeders, helping uh, my kids help. My husband does some custom haying so that we can feed the cattle and they're very involved in that. So it's a, the great learning experience teaches them um, a lot of responsibility. And it's a, just a lot of fun that week. If you're not at the county fair, you need to be. <laughs> I loved my time in 4-H. Yeah, I got to do so many different things, so many different exhibits, you know, between, you know, photography or making ice cream and those like rolling coffee cans. Yep. Uh, I showed a llama in Gopin class one year because <laughs> I had llamas and yeah, it was it was a di very different experience, but I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. You, I mean, you can do a lot of different things if you get involved with the 4-H club. You know, you just get lucky, and you know, someone will you know maybe let you do something in open class or something that you yep. never. Get. And it, it's a fun time, for sure, for sure. And there is, uh, I think, a, a good county fair tells a lot about a county and any state because um, those folks, it's a family event. It's not just. The person that's on the fair board, it is their whole family is involved that week. And, you know, it's weeks of preparation and weeks of cleanup afterwards. They put in a ton of time that nobody knows about. For sure. Yeah. So shout out fair board. Yeah. But we yes. appreciate everything. Yeah. All those. All awesome those. Job. Um, so uh, this last little segment here is a uh, fun little segment uh, with all. Sometimes we can focus on the doom and gloom going on in the world. Uh, I just want to make sure we end the and the um, on a positive note so uh, it's what make what's making us happy um, I'll go first um, the one that's um, uh, making me happy is a new leadership program here in in York um, to go along with leadership York will have 17 county leadership as kind of a um, cousin program if you will uh, touching on different leadership things to help round out um, the leaders that we have here in, in York County. So I'm excited to see this program get launched um, here in February, and I'm excited to um, get more leaders kind of exposed to that. And so very, very excited for that. So that's what's making me happy right now. What about you, Stacey? Um, I have, with all this COVID stuff, we've been doing a lot of these Zooms like we're doing now. Um, but what's making me excited is seeing how I've been in 
I've been in Brazil and in, you know, Portugal through my students, and I'm excited about that, what, how that's going to help grow the college, um, knowing that we've kept that personal connection going no matter where our students have been. And I'm really proud of, of our faculty and our students and seeing how they can do that. No, that's, that, that's an awesome thing, that, that connection that you've been able to keep alive. Like, that's, that's great. So thank you for your, your time, you know, this morning, uh, you know, sitting, uh, you know, parking your car and, you know, hanging out with me today. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. And so um, I'll let you close out the show with uh, any final thoughts that you can, you want to leave the, leave the show with, whether it's a, a quote, words of wisdom, you want to plug the, the ag program there at York College, whatever you want to do, the floor is yours to kind of uh, share what you want. So. Well, I'll just, uh, I can't really, I'm not going to plug one program, but kind of plug all of the opportunities that we have around here. Um, I, my daughter and I are just, are now in the vaccine trial for COVID. Grand Island's not very far away. And so we've been able to be involved through that end. Um, I've had the opportunity to work, to teach multiple classes out at uh, NCCW, Nebraska Correctional Center for Women. Um, there are just so many opportunities here that you don't think of in a small town, but we are uniquely situated around all of these awesome opportunities. So my words of wisdom is do it. Just find something and do it. Get out of your comfort zone and you'll have a great time. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time again and uh, I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Derek. This is 17 County a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. (laughs) 